2: Locks, it's a towering fly ball to right field, sending Williams
1: back, it keeps carrying out of the yard. It brings rain, and a solo shot starts the scoring. Crushed down the line, forget about this one. Oh, a missile, 2-0. 14 pitch.
2: That was the at-bat of the year in Major League Baseball, at least from the games that I've seen. And that was Taylor against the lefty Cabrera. And once that loaded the bases and then they were cleared the game was over welcome into the danny Mac show i'm dan mclaughlin that's bk hopefully everybody had a great weekend safe and fun the memorial day weekend pretty good baseball so far on the road trip pretty good baseball game last night although the score not indicative of that nine to four in favor of the dodgers if you're a cardinal fan but it was good baseball about five or six innings it was compelling it was Bauer it was Flaherty it was some key home runs it was fun to watch BK good morning good morning Dan how you doing today my man I'm doing great doing great uh disappointing game last night especially with the news of Jack Flaherty we don't know uh, what's coming out of LA this morning but Jack Flaherty went five he had struck out nine he was really using his fastball well he, he looked sharp He'd given up the back-to-back homers, but that was it. But right now, the concern for the Cardinals, undoubtedly, in addition to throwing strikes from their bullpen and strikes in general, is where is Jack Flaherty in terms of does he head to the I.L.? Does he miss a start? Does he miss a month? We just don't know, and that is of major concern for the Cardinals.
1: It is, and you don't have a whole lot of options if there is some sort of an injury here. Dan, I'm looking at the minor league stats right now.
2: Oof been a tough go all levels of minor league baseball for the cardinals in but uh, give me give me some AAA. names
1: give me some names that you're looking at okay so the name everybody's going to start talking about today i would imagine matthew is Liberatore. matthew liberator yeah. and he is tre- technically down with team usa that won't be an issue they'll be able to call him up if they want to but he has a 5.5 era and 21 innings he's given up 23 hits and five walks so far this year in the minors so It's not terrible, but she'd like to see a little better from him.
2: Well, the other thing, too, with Libertura, just to play devil's advocate, you've asked him to make a major jump to AAA, kind of like what you're seeing with Nolan Gorman out of the position player. It just takes a little time. You get adjusted and then maybe by, let's say, end of July, August, the idea would be if you had a need, you'd bring him up. But now you have a need on June 1st. Yeah. And and so he's just getting his feet wet there. And that's why you, you get concerned with young guys like that making a big jump. So
1: Zach Thompson is the one that I've yeah. heard all along. Hey, you know, he's he's a little bit more seasoned. He did go to the college route. So he he's dealt with injuries in the past, but he should be maybe maybe he's on. No, no, it's not going well for Zach Thompson so far this year. 13 and a third innings down in AAA. He's given up 23 hits in 10 walks. So tw- uh, 33 base runners in 13 innings. And he just made an appearance coming out of the pin in his last appearance as well. So he's probably not going to be ready. So Tommy Parsons is maybe your best option coming up from the minors right now. In 25 innings down there, he's allowed 13 runs, a 4.5 ERA, it's got the best era of any of the options coming up from triple-a right now
2: and he throws strikes that that is something i would look at is who's throwing strikes um maybe you have to stretch out you're gonna have to maybe go a couple bullpen starts to stretch out uh, jake woodford you know that is something you got to think about too
1: he might be your best option
2: he, he might be I, I thought he was really really good against arizona the other night um He's got major league stuff. He can compete at this level. He's shown that. But you may have to stretch him out. But the thing is, I'm not sure how far he could go initially. So he pitched the other night against Arizona. It was a couple innings and struck out. Uh, well, he, I think he went more than two, but he struck out six in the game. Um, probably, I would say BK was around 30, 40 pitches, something like that. And then you could see he was running out of gas. So that's something to think about but that is of concern right now is the health and availability of jack flaherty so which was a strength going into this season which was pitching and you had depth you know now you're looking at oh what are we going to do the other logical easy choice is to slide in johan oviedo and give him another start but he has got he's got to throw strikes and that has been his issue along with the rest of the pitchers in the bullpen for sure And yesterday it reared its ugly head again with another bases loaded walk. They're going to shatter the old time, all time Cardinal mark. I think it's 17 walks with the bases loaded. It's June 1st and they have what 14 or 15,
1: Yeah, 15 now. Yeah.
2: So to me, it's got to be Oviedo probably.
1: It's going to be Oviedo for the fifth starter spot. The question is if you want to get that sixth spot, I think they've got it up one more time prior to their first off day on June 7th out of the 17 game stretch. We've talked so much about that would be when you'd potentially have to go to this other guy for a spot start. It would just be one start most likely. I think June 6th is the next time that Flaherty's spot in the rotation comes up. So that, that would be the question is, who makes that start at home against Cincinnati where Flaherty is currently pegged? Mike Shelton,
2: Jack Flaherty. I think he felt
3: it a little bit towards the end of the inning, but nothing significant. Um, And then felt something during his at bat that, you know, caused a little more concern for him and left side tightness and we'll get more evaluation tomorrow. And uh, clearly we're hopeful that nothing too serious, obviously him bothering tonight and impacted him coming out of the game.
2: So hopefully it is nothing too serious. I give Jack credit to where he's a young guy and, uh, you know, a lot of times you, you want guys to battle through injury, right? You, you play through injury, play through injury. Well, he, he's he's special, and you got to be careful with him. And to his credit, he said something wasn't right, and he hopefully nipped this thing in the bud.
3: Uh, I'm not going to gauge the severity of it. I felt a little tightness, and, you know, it was more just wanted to, felt, should check it out more than anything. Yeah, just just want to get checked out
2: so he'll get checked out today now the bullpen imploded against the dodgers after flaherty left in the fifth inning helsley an inning did not record an out two hits to earn cabrera two-thirds of an inning three walks that's the difference in your game daniel Ponce de leon gave up a home run three earned in an inning and two-thirds seth ellage an inning pitched or a third of an inning pitched and uh, gave up a hit. So what went wrong, Mike Schulten, that sixth inning?
3: A couple walks and of course. Um, got an out, and you know, Taylor put a monster bat on him. I mean, that was just a, that was a hell of a bat. You know, you tip your hat. Kevin okay, made a lot of quality pitches that a bat, get something in the gap, and clear the bases. So... You know, need a shutdown inning right there. but those guys have been good for us. Just wasn't able to do it tonight.
2: Yeah, it's been the big three. Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, Alex Reyes. And when you go to them that much, you're, you're going to have an off night here or there. And that's what happened with the lefty Cabrera. And so turn the page. Game number two tonight, Gantt and David Price. Kind of a bullpen start for the Dodgers. So... This should be interesting again tonight.
1: It's going to be interesting. Dan, the Cardinals have to figure this out against winning teams. Um, they've been really great this year. They've taken advantage against the teams that they needed to. They're 11-1 against the Pirates, Rockies, and Diamondbacks. That's what they should do against those teams. Problem is they're 3-7 and seven so far against the teams that are leading their divisions. That would be the Mets, the Padres, and the White Sox. And now you're 0 and one to start things off against the Dodgers. You don't expect to go seven and three against those teams, but you've got to be a little bit more competitive in these games against teams like the Dodgers. And last night I thought the difference between the two teams was on full display. A guy like Chris Taylor is batting seventh in the Dodgers lineup. That just doesn't compare to right now, given the injuries for the Cardinals What the Cardinals have at the bottom of their lineup. You look at the bullpens, the depth in the Dodgers bullpen is just so much different than what the Cardinals are dealing with on their side right now. When Cabrera couldn't get out of that jam, I think we all knew individually in that moment, oh, this could be a problem because if he's not getting out of this, I'm not sure they have a good option to get them out of it here. If you go to Gallegos, you go to Reyes later, I feel good about that. But in this moment, I don't know where they're going to go. And that's the big difference between these two teams right now. It's the depth. Depth in the bullpen, depth in the lineup. That's where your issues are are right now with the Cardinals. Yeah, uh,
2: and I, I, you know, I'm Mike Maddox. I wake up this morning on Mike Shield. Uh, maybe I didn't sleep because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how can we get guys to throw strikes that is a massive issue and here's the other difference with the Cardinals and the Dodgers in what you're talking about in depth the Cardinals are walking more batters than anybody in baseball they are hitting more batters than anybody in baseball on the flip side the Dodgers take the most walks in the game they're hit the most in the game so you're going to have to go to him at some point, and it's a good lineup. Obviously, great lineup. Justin Turner still Justin Turner. Mookie Betts is one of the best players in the game. Turner showed us a little bit of everything last night: two doubles, home run. Um, you, you, Gavin Lux is a guy they drafted, developed. He's terrific. He had a couple of home runs. But it, the point is, at some point, you have to go to him. You got to challenge him. You got to throw strikes. And if you're just picking or just throwing, you're not going to win. So the question would be, as a coaching staff, how do you get guys to throw strikes? And I don't have that answer. I mean, you can remind them all you want, and I've heard it. I asked Ricky about this. I've asked Jimmy about it. I've asked other people off the air, and they always compare it to shooting free throws. You can practice all you want, but sometimes it's just not there. And it's, you know, now do pitchers have to take something off of it? I would. I'd say, hey, we, we, let's ask for less out of you velocity-wise for location. we got to get location. And when Lux hit the home run at the end of the game, towards the end, I was like, okay, I'd rather see that than another walk.
1: Absolutely. And the problem for the Cardinals right now, or the the thing that is so frustrating, I guess, would be the better way to put this as a Cardinals fan is teams aren't hitting the Cardinals pitchers. They're batting a combined 222 against the Cardinals starters and relievers this year. You can't hit against them because they have such a fantastic defense behind them and their stuff's pretty darn good. When you get it into the zone, it plays. The problem is more often than literally any other team in baseball, they're not throwing it into the zone. You got to throw strikes. And I heard you talking about it last night with Jimmy. And he was like, hey, listen, it's just kind of a mindset. You get up 0-1 and then you hope to go up Mm 0-2 and you just keep on going. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But how do we get there? Because I think every pitcher in that dugout is thinking the same thing. Just throw strikes. And for whatever reason, once they get into the game, they haven't been so far this year. Yeah. That sums it up. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered
2: by I promise. I'm Lawless with one of the great moments in St. Louis Cardinals postseason history, his 1987 game four home run at Bush Stadium. And he's been kind enough to join us. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is BK. BK here on 101 ESPN. Hey, Lawman. Great to hear your voice. How you doing, buddy?
3: I imagine you had to go back in the archives to find that, didn't you?
2: No, sir. People <laughs> still talk about it today. It's one of the great postseason home runs. Hey, when you hit that and you had the bat flip, how much trouble did your uh, your teammates give you for that bat flip?
3: No, uh, they, they they were on me for a few days. <laughs> it's
2: been a few years. They're still on you, I think.
3: <laughs> and they're and they're still on me. Exactly right. But that's that's the fun about baseball.
2: Absolutely, and and Tom Lawless is our guest. And Tom, you're are you managing or coaching at what level with the uh, the Marlins? Because last time we talked, it was down in spring training, and you were getting ready for a spring training with the uh, the minor league season. It obviously uh, obviously got canceled. So, what's your role right, uh, right now with the Marlins?
3: Well, my role is um, I'll be in Florida all summer long. I'm I'm the rehab the rehab positioning coach. Okay. so uh, every, everybody that gets hurt that during the season and they have to come down here and get their baseball you know skills back up to level that's uh that's where I come in so once they're once they're medically cleared to do baseball stuff then we get out there and we try to get back you know back ready to go go play
2: yeah that's a perfect job for you
3: because then you can go play golf. Then I can go play golf in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of help, help the handicap a little bit, maybe. Absolutely.
2: Uh, last time we played, I, I think I did get in your pocket, but you were giving me about 30 strokes,
3: so that's really uh, not fair. Yeah. But, and know, we, haven't, we haven't played again, so I don't know if, you, if, if you're just walking away. You don't want to rebound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll have Ricky set it up, and we'll get in his pocket. That's the best part there we about go. it. There um, we go. Are you watching a lot of the minor league games? I'm curious about that, too, being down there. And if so, uh, what, what do you think about some of the – because I've seen the transaction list on the major league level – there is a ton of injuries and there's a ton of injuries right now in minor league baseball. Are, are, are you seeing that with your club and, and generally speaking at the, at the minor league levels?
3: Yes. There's a lot, there's a lot of movement right now, you know, going around because so many guys have been getting nicked up. I mean, and, and and they're not major injuries. They're just long enough, you know, 10 days, 12 days where you have to move players out of one place and get them to somewhere else. So, you know, especially down here for the extended group and the Gulf Coast League kids that are down here playing every day, uh, you know, there's a lot of them. I've gone to AAA, AA, and and, and A balls just to, to, to get guys into their rosters because guys have been nicked up, and it's like that everywhere. So you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna you know, with being off a year and a half, I, I think everybody you know expected something like this to happen.
1: That's what I was going to ask you, Tom. Is how much of this do you think is a direct reflection of the fact that last year we didn't have a minor league season?
3: I think I think you know a lot of it has to do with it. I mean, guy, you know, guys not playing baseball for a year, year and a half, and then you know, shorten spring training and get out and, and get out and play. I think, I, I think we're going to have it, and you know, we've seen you know whether it's a hamstring or you know a groin or it's a banged up finger from diving back in. I mean, we've got all kinds of different things that that usually don't you don't, usually don't see many of them. You know, when everything runs you know the correct way, not in the COVID era.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I thought pitching would be the one that would stand out the most with injuries, and we've had our fair share. But man, we're seeing a lot of position players coming up with the little nicks and the bruises, but also the pulls. And I wasn't anticipating that. And I, I guess you're probably seeing more of that maybe than even the pitching.
3: Yeah, we haven't seen much pitching. It is, but mostly the position players. You know, you know, going down for a week to ten days with different kind of injuries. And uh, I think maybe because the pitchers can. You know, during the COVID, they could go out and keep their arms in shape, and they could run, which is the bulk of what their work is. You know, where does the baseball and that bulk of work? They they got to work plenty. they got nowhere to run around to, to to do their infield or outfield running around. So, you know, it, 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 it's just a strange time, you know, and everybody's co- trying to cope with it, and 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 we just keep on. We're just happy that we're playing. <laughs>
1: Tom, one of the one of the big storylines coming into this minor league season was all of the rule changes that we've seen at all of the different levels. I I don't know how much you've been able to see those firsthand, but maybe even from some of the conversations that you've had with people that have seen them. What what's been your early impression of some of those rule changes that have taken effect this year?
3: Well, you know, I, I do go I do I do go over and watch the uh, Low A club here in Jupiter play. You know, whether it's the Cardinals playing or the or, or our team, the Marlins. And they have the uh, the automatic strike caller for three three times a week. I think it is, where they you know the machine calls the balls and strikes, and the umpire then then calls it. And uh, I think the first couple of weeks it was an issue. You know, it was taking a little too long for the ball and strike to be called by the umpire. But for uh, the last couple of games, I've been there when they they have been using the machine. It, it's it's it was pretty good. You know, it, it, the timing is better. You know, it, it, there's no lacks in time and. I think it's forced. I think it's what it's forced. <clears throat> from what I've been talking to some people, it, it forces them to throw strikes because now they don't have the umpire giving you a strike that's not a strike. And so I think, I mean, I remember two two weeks ago that you know there were fourteen walks in the game and twelve walks in the game down here. And then I went to the game on Sunday and I think there was two walks. So I think I think that they know they know they know what day the machine is working because it doesn't work every day. They don't use hmm. it every day for right, right now, but they know the pitchers know. So I think they're they're focusing more on getting the ball over the plate, which is a good thing. You, you know, know the other the, the other one the step off rule that they're using in high A with the pitchers, and uh, I don't know what much about it. I know in spring training it wasn't well liked, but I thought it was just going to be a track meet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Some of the numbers
1: coming out stolen base wise are insane in the in the high A ranks.
3: Right, because they just you, they can't pick you off. They can't, they can't do hardly anything. So these guys are just taking off running. You know we use the we use the big extra base, the big bases in, in spring training for a week, just so people can look at it and see them and use them. And whether that's you know an advantage to somebody, uh, I guess time will tell. Because I know that they're using them in AAA, I believe.
2: Tom Wallace is our guest and and Tom, uh, you had a very nice big league career and then you went into the coaching side, you managed in the minor leagues, you managed in the major leagues. Um, when you were managing and as you watch the game today, how did you mix in analytics with how you were taught the game from the great Whitey Herzog? So how, how do you try to balance both and where maybe you think the game is going in 2021 and beyond?
3: Well, there wasn't that much analytics when I started my coaching uh, and in managing, you know, back then in the nineties, early nineties, They didn't start to around a little bit after 2000, but uh, you know, my last couple of years of managing the minor leagues in AAA a in 2014, 13, we were getting, we were getting, you know, analytics department was sending us down, you know, maps, heat maps and, and things that we could use to help, to help our players. And to me, Anytime you can get information, it's good information, you know, a lot of it it, and you, and you can use it, you know, it it helps you positioning people and it helps your hitters understand what's coming, where's, where's it coming from, things like that. But it's not, it's not the whole ball of wax. You just can't play the game based on analytics. You have to have the feel for the game. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little things that happen in the game that analytics doesn't account for, but you know, Back back, back. when I played, I remember our coaches in St. Louis, you know, they tracked everything with blue pencils, red pencils, you know, and where and guys hit, so where to position the players. So really we had analytics back then. It just wasn't as in-depth as it is today. And, you know, I've talked to a few managers and I've talked to a few other people in the analytics department. And, and I think what we're seeing is, you know, They've they've come out of the understanding. It's just not all analytic anymore. You know, when they first started, it was you got to do it this way. You got to do it. But now I think there's a mix of of the baseball people and the baseball ideas, plus the plus the analytics and all that all that information you get. And, and to me, the more information you can get, the better the better. And if you can use that information, then the better you're going to be as a team. And I think I think it, it goes hand in hand now. And I think a lot of organizations see that.
1: I'm also curious, you know, within the organization, because we, we see all of this stuff, fan graphs and the public, publicly available information, baseball, savant, those sorts of places. A lot of it is just the numbers that'll back up what you had previously seen, right? Like Tyler O'Neill here in St. Louis. He hits the ball really hard, and that's what we would have said about him 30 years ago. And now, instead of saying just he hits the ball really hard, it's, hey, he leads the league in exit velocity. So how much of it is just kind of putting a number to the things that we already previously maybe would have known but didn't exactly have a number for, Tom?
3: Well, I think that you just hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, it's the number. You know, everybody wants a number. You know, well, my exit velocity was 108. Wow. Okay. If I hit that ball, I knew it was hit hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a number. And, and, and when I got jammed from a guy throwing ninety-four miles an hour with a sinker, well, that X is not going to be very good. I don't. I, I know I didn't put a good swing on it. He, he beat me with a good pitch. And uh, but I think our society now is so number-oriented that that fans want to see numbers, and so everybody gets excited with the numbers. You know, the guy throwing ninety-eight. Wow. Okay. Well, when we played guys through hard too. you know, a guy throws hard strikeout. you know, everybody needs to strike out. Everybody's trying to strike everybody out. That's why every, every count is three and two and nine pitches in that bad. you know, back when we played pitchers were taught to try to get a hitter out in three pitches. Absolutely. You know, that way, that way you can stay in a game longer. And, and now, now it's a five inning game for most pitchers because they, they go so hard to get that strike out all the time. And, they run out of pitches and we got to bring another guy in, or they just bring another guy in because the numbers say to bring another guy in, you know, that, that three get throw strike one and get him out in three pitches is kind of, you know, lost, it's lost somewhere right now.
2: Whitey was so unbelievable. We had, we had Nick Laeva on a couple weeks ago and he said, well, yeah, analytics are there. He said, but Whitey was kind of already doing analytics prior to analytics being a thing. What do you think yeah. uh, Whitey Herzog team would do in this day and age of baseball, and in specifically the teams that you played on that were so good and so fast and used the turf and those kind of things, what do you think it would be like?
3: I don't think it would be any different, uh, you know. I'm because because they they've use the analytics, but the, but they also knew what kind of hitters we also knew what kind of hitters everybody was, and we were especially to knowing what kind of hitters you are, you know. And we had we had eight guys and seven guys in the lineup, you know, that were. Line drive hitters, you know, batting average hitters is the way I look at it. Batting average hitters, you know, that would hit two eighty, two ninety, to three hundred. And you have a good year like Willie did; you hit three forty. Absolutely. And you you do that because you know what kind of hitter you are. You know, you you're not a home run hitter. You're not. You you don't have big swings, and you put the ball in play with two strikes because you have a different swing. Two strikes. You're just trying to shoot a line drive in there or bounce a ball on the turf to get a base hit. And we had one guy in the middle of the lineup. The kid was supposed to hit home runs, <laughs> but so so to me, we don't have that anymore in the game right now. We don't have average hitters. I think the the major league average is what two thirty right now. That's right, something like that. I mean, when we played, the, it was around two seventy five probably. And so you lose you lose that thing because I think somewhere ten years ago, twelve years ago, transition in the the swing of the kids. Is now long angle launch angle, and so we have trouble catching up with a high fastball. And we have and we don't have a two strike approach, so we swing the same way, and then we chase breaking balls in the dirt. Strike three, you go back to the dugout. You know, we were embarrassed to strike out. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, we all did. But but today, because home run, double, the triple are so prevalent in the game to the analytics departments that the base hit is kind of singles of no value anymore but that's how you score runs <laughs> my
2: my final question for you tom do you still have an itch to manage or get in a dugout somewhere and and whether it's at the major or minor league level
3: i do i i enjoy i enjoy managing i i, I like the game uh um, you know it's 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 a little different at the big league level right now because there's not much managing going on i mean you just you just watch because you don't see many stolen bases and you don't see many hit runs and Bunning anybody, you know, that 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 was a big part of how we played the game back then, you know, and I know that's probably dating myself, but I I would wish to see that come back because a lot of that is the excitement in the game that's missing right now.
1: No doubt. And it's entertainment. We forget that. BK. Hey, Tom, back when you managed with the Cardinals in Peoria, you had some some young kid that went by the name Albert Pujols, and he is going up against the Cardinals right now in this Dodgers versus card series. I'm curious, what was that like managing Albert in 20 years ago? Now, did you know then that he was going to go on to have a career similar to what he has?
3: Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't very good. Come on. <laughs> 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 no, I mean uh, when you know when Albert got he, he in Peoria, he was a third baseman. We had him at a third baseman, and, and that's that where he played. And uh, you knew he wasn't going to be a third baseman in the big leagues just because of, the, of his body. So you figured he was going to be an outfielder or a first baseman, but he could have gone from Peoria right to the big leagues because he he, he had such a, a good work habit and knew how to hit. I mean, he was just one of those guys, and he knew how to get the barrel to the baseball. I mean, he, the only thing that, that we, we did with him in that year, and I remember the hitting instructor was in one day, uh, Mitchell Page was the hitting instructor at the time, and I said, Mitchell, you know, its he's into 150 at-bats and he's hitting 340 in this league, and now these pitchers are, are, are crowding him with baseballs, and he's still trying to drive the baseball to right center field because that was his bread and butter. He'd drive that ball to right center field, right field, center bases all day long. I said, but he needs to learn how to just, you know, drive this baseball. If they're going to pound him inside, he, can, he needs to drive this baseball. He's big enough and strong enough to. So we took him out for two days early, just him, Mitchell Page, myself, and probably another hitting instructor. And we just, you know, and Peoria's old ballpark used to have a, the, the clubhouse was back behind left field and he would just pulverize balls over that clubhouse. Just, I said, well, I think that's all you need to know right there Yeah, <laughs> because would- most, of the, most kids try to pull the ball, and you're always trying to make kids try to hit the other way so they can stay on it longer. Well, Albert already had that; he just had to learn how to get to the ball, ball play so he could. And and, and from from on, you know, he went to high A about two weeks. And went to play, and then it's in the and you know, everybody knows the rest of the story. How great a hitter he was! Now, and, <laughs> and he made it, and he made himself into a, a, a you know a Gold Glove defensive player.
2: You had to find him a couple of times, though, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I had to find him a couple of times. He, you know, he didn't run the ball out, so you know, him one time, and <laughs> I, I had to find him a couple of days later. He did the same thing. I said Albert, you're too good. You're too good to do this. You know, you're you're going to be a big leaguer and probably a big leaguer for a long. I didn't know he was going to be a big leaguer for a long time, but you know, you just, just want to respect the game and respect your teammates. And you know, they're going to hit the back of the pitch and You're going to pop some up every now and then. You're not going to get a hit every time. So all you gotta do is run, run down to first base, and every, and every, and every time I see him, and the last time I saw him was when I would manage because we played the Angels in 2014. And he goes, you know, <laughs> you know, I thank you, I thank you for doing that. I said, well, you know, I would have done it to anybody else too. I said, you know, the the whole idea was it was, was you know, we wanted they wanted us to take the player out. Of, you know, a lot of times in minor leagues when you're managing, they, you know, somebody doesn't run a ball out, which young kids do every now and then. Take him out of the game. I said. Can't take him out of the game. He's the best player I got. (laughs) I can't do that.
2: Well, I guarantee he can afford the fines now, so don't worry about it, Tom. You didn't put a dent in the wallet. I guarantee you that. That's
3: that's true. That's true.
2: Hey, thanks for – oh, go
1: ahead. Yeah, before we get you out of here, Tom, I was curious. Have you been able to have an opportunity to watch Cardinals first-round pick, Jordan Walker, yet down there? He's had some glowing reviews. I was curious if you've been able to watch him at all yet.
3: Is he – in extended or is he's, he, in he's, in the goal, goal way.
1: he's at palm beach right now he's oh, okay. a third base okay. prospect for him okay well and his name is what jordan walker he's he's hit a couple of home runs down there we talked to their gm uh michael gersh last week and he said some of and going back to the numbers that you were talking about some of their exit velocity numbers on him are basically this the same things that they would expect from their big league club and he's 18 years old
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I watched one game. I went to watch them play each other. They're going to play each other this week again. So I'm going to go over. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go out and look for him. Yeah. But I don't, I, he probably played the day, but I didn't pay any, gotcha. any attention. Sure.
2: Hey Tom, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Keep hitting them straight and uh, don't be a stranger. Want to see you back here in St. Louis very soon.
3: Will do. You guys have a good time.
2: You too. Thanks Tom. That's Tom Lawless. Uh, boy, it was pre COVID. I guess it was uh I guess it was maybe a week before, maybe days before COVID is the last time I saw him in person. And we text and talk, and he's a great guy and a great baseball man. I mean, you get a, when you have bench players, I always say that, in my opinion, BK, in doing this a long time, bench players and catchers can make great managers. And you say, well, why is that? Well, you got to think about it. They're always in the game. You know, they're always thinking, what could be my shot to come in and pinch hit, or am I going to run? Am I going to be part of a double switch in the National League? Uh, I'm getting geared up for that tough lefty in the eighth. And good managers will tell you, and many have done this before, like Tony La Russa. I've heard multiple stories about this, and with Whitey, all the time. It'd be in the first inning, and they'd go up to Tom Lawless, let's say, for an example, and and Whitey would say. Hey Tom, be ready in the uh, seventh inning because uh, the lefty's coming in. We're gonna we'll, we'll double switch, and that's gonna be your at bat. And sure enough, that's how the game that's would crazy. unfold. You know, so these guys would stay locked in the game, and players manage along with the manager. You know, when you like, we all watch the game. Sure, we're all managing. We're all saying, I don't know if I do this now. The manager's got all the latest information. For instance, is BK a little sore today? Can't go to him. Got to go to another guy. I mean there's some things you do on paper that you'd say okay this makes sense but they always have the ultimate decision because they have the most knowledge of health and you know personal things too maybe a guys having a bad day something's happened in his personal life whatever but the bench players always follow the game if they're good and the catchers are always in the game because it's every pitch and you got to know the opposition and you got to know your team and you're you're looking at you're surveying your defense i mean all those things and that's why Tom, I mean, people were raving about him when he was in the minor leagues and managing, because he won a lot. And he played a little bit of the Whitey style of baseball, which he talked about, bunting, stealing, good defense. The, other, that?
1: the other thing about those guys that you're talking about is, typically, they're good dudes, um, yes. because if you're not, You'll it's be pretty out. easy to move on from that's you right. and get to another guy. So if you're, if you're not a good dude, if you're not somebody that guys want in that clubhouse and you're a backup utility infielder, I can find another guy That's down in the right. minors that can do that same job for a little bit cheaper. So we're not going to pay you two, $3 million to do that job. So a lot of those guys are in salt of the earth humans as well.
2: Like Mark Sweeney was one of the best pinch hitters that baseball's had. Statistically, he is a wonderful guy. Well, how do you come back to teams multiple times? Matt Adams has done that. You got to be a good teammate. This is the Danny Mac show with BK, the podcast powered by I promise. The 1-1. O'Neill, Fly ball. Left field. Track. Wall. Gone. Base hit Molina. One run in. Here comes another. The throw not in time. Ball gets away. Molina hustling to second base. Throw down there and he's in there safely. He's driven in all three tonight. 3-0 St. Louis. O'Neal, again, left center, goodbye. Some of the highlights from the weekend against Arizona, Tyler O'Neill, Yadier Molina, they were big, kind of went with a makeshift lineup on Sunday. I understand why Mike did that. He wanted to see a sweep, didn't happen. Game was tight for a little bit, then got away. That lineup, though, when you're in 17 games in 17 days, you got to give guys mental and physical breaks. So it made some sense to do that there. It's a long season. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, though, is showing us what the Cardinals always were hoping for. And as Michael Gers said, we didn't realize he was this fast. Huh. So you got some speed out of him, too. But tell you what, he's become a threat when he comes to the plate.
1: His profile right now, Dan, is, I think, unlike just about any other player in the sport. I mean, he is quite literally so far this year, one of the five fastest players in baseball. He is quite literally hitting the ball as hard as anybody in the sport so far this season. And he's going on a run similar to what we saw last year from Randy in the playoffs. Now, that was the playoffs. This is the regular season. This was against the Diamondbacks. That was against the best that the AL had to offer. Totally understand that there are differences in what we're seeing this year versus last year. But. Man, this is the player the Cardinals told us all along that he was going to be. He has four home runs and three doubles in his last five games since he returned. He also has 10 strikeouts and zero walks in that stretch. You take the good with the bad, but when you're getting this kind of power, it makes all of those strikeouts and none of those walks all worth it. He
2: is the prototypical 2021 player that front offices are looking for except for the walks (laughs) i was gonna say now they would love to have him get on base and and walk a little bit more but you're gonna say look we'll take the strikeouts if i think he's got 32 or 33 hits on the year 18 of them have been extra base hits so if you get that you're saying yeah we can live with that and he plays good defense might have a miscue here or there but he's solid and left um won a gold glove last year and that was all done by metrics and analytics so he is everything that you want in that regard um, that Arizona team, by the way, that's a bad ball club. Yeah. Oh, boy. That is a bad ball club. Except had, for
1: Starling Marte, who is very good.
2: They had lost uh, 13. Ketel Marte. Ketel. Yeah. Starling is down in Miami. Yeah.
1: Very different. Both I like that players. guy, by the way. <laughs> Both of whom I would like to see in St. Louis. I was going
2: to say, I wonder who's available. <laughs> yeah. um, the Orioles, by the way, fall three to two in 10 innings. That's their 14th straight loss. So is it Arizona? Is it uh, Baltimore? Baltimore? Pittsburgh ain't that good and when it all comes out in the wash it's going to be an ugly record more than likely. Um that's why you got to have a floor on spending money. I believe that you got to spend some money to put some type of talent on the field.
1: You absolutely do. And this is one of the issues that we've seen in baseball for really the last 15 years or so is when it's become super prevalent across the sport. We talked so much about Tyler O'Neill, and then you got into the Diamondback side of things. Those are the types of teams that I would be watching if you're a Cardinals fan. The Diamondbacks, the Rockies, Pittsburgh probably won't trade with you because they're in the division, but maybe uh, the Tigers, the Rangers, the Orioles, teams that are out of it already. Those are the teams that typically, if there's going to be an early deal, those are the ones that I would be looking at for if the Cardinals are going to acquire a pitcher in particular that's probably where it would come from.
2: Team misses Bader, too. Oh, yeah. Gotta get Bader back. So they're going to hopefully have better news on both Bader and Paul DeYoung uh, coming up over the weekend. And with those type of injuries, you just don't want it to be and graduate towards a serious rib injury, which is hairline fracture. And then all of a sudden you're out for, you know, 30, 45 days. You don't want that. All right. Good show as always. Tanner, nice job with Tom Lawless. That was fun. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Rick Honeycutt, the former pitching coach of the Dodgers. He was there for years and Saw the beginning of Clayton Kershaw and developed him into an MVP and Cy Young Award. Now Clayton did a lot of the work, but Rick Honeycutt helped as well, so that'd be fun to visit with him. You have Alex coming up, do you
1: not? We do indeed. We've got Jeremy Rutherford at eleven thirty. Brian Lawton, former NHL player, agent, and general manager will join us coming up at one thirty. We'll kick things off with the place that we started today. The injury for uh Jack Flaherty yesterday or Jack Flaherty got hurt yesterday. We'll see if it is an injury um, and what that means for the Cardinals. And I, we kind of talked about this a bit, Dan, but I thought last night the difference between the Dodgers and the Cardinals was really on display, and I don't think it's what a lot of people would have pointed to at the beginning of the season. You've been
2: listening to The Danny Max Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise.
0: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night.